Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today is close to the holidays. Yes, it is. And Saul wants me to wish everybody happy holidays. Happy holidays. Christmas and New Year's is coming up and here in the United States. Is... Winter solstice is a few days away, and uh, there's all kinds of festivals and holidays during these times. So, happy holidays to everybody. And also, he wanted me to say thank you to all of our listeners for downloading our episodes. Yes. I see there's all kinds of people from, of course, the United States, South Africa, and then we have the UK and Germany, Denmark, and I don't know where some of these places are. So Kenya? I, Kenya's in Africa. Well, I know that. Oh, okay. I was uh, looking at Netherlands. That. I think the only one we really don't know where it is is Martinus. I told you it's an island. Well, I, I could be wrong, though. So if, if you're the person from there listening, you can let me know where you are. Yes. And anybody and everybody can email us at gamingperspectives.com at gmail.com. And you can just email us saying where you're from, hello, you, you're a listener, and or, and or ask us a question about a topic that you would like us to discuss. Yes, Saul is, is looking for new topics from people that actually want to hear things from us instead of us coming up with them and not knowing if you actually want to hear them or not. <laughs> right. So there you go. So this week's topic is what, Jolene? Um, I believe that you forced me to look up RPGs for 2024, to which I said, I don't think you need any more RPGs. Well, I don't need any more RPGs. But you want more RPGs. Well, these are games that either were kickstarted or they're going to be published in 2024. Okay. Hopefully. Some of these are hopefully published. Did you add any that just came out from for 2023? Like, uh, I think The Walking Dead is already out. Is the only one that I put on the list that might be already out. I might mention some that are like just being published or they just uh, finished. A lot of these were kickstarted, so a lot of them are being fulfilled. And it's always a tricky time when they're being fulfilled because usually they're made in China and they got to be shipped, uh, physically shipped to wherever they got to be sent to. So usually they're, they, there's a, the way they usually work, a shipment goes to the U.K., and then one goes to Europe, wherever that might be. And then one goes to the United States. And then they distribute through different uh, logistics companies and get that job done. Though we were talking uh, in our interview this past month, we talked to Penny and Alid from Leyline Press. And they physically shipped the product themselves, except for the, pe- except for the people in the United States, which was done by a logistics company here in the United States. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Did they have to ship them to the United States or did they have them shipped to the United States? I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure they shipped them in bulk. But like since, on a it's a, since it's a small operation, which right. most uh, gaming companies are, right. unless you're Hasbro, yes. then it's literally the creators of the game running to get the packages out. To the mail. In time. And yeah. putting stuff in them in boxes and yeah. envelopes and stuff, which is... Because gamers I, are, are like that, right? <laughs> What's that mean? I think there's just a small person operation. So they That's have what I mean. To... They're gamers creating these games that oh, they yeah. really like. They are a small operation. So it involves hands-on. Right. A few Kickstarters I have, I've done, they're so small, they just stick it in an envelope and give it to me, right? Like I kickstarted a couple card sets and stuff. Although he says he doesn't do Kickstarters anymore. 
I didn't say that. That's what he says to me every time I ask him, what is this charge? <laughs> when did you order this? I haven't ordered anything in months. Months. He I, says. Well, sometimes I do. As myself. more and more things come to the house. Anyway. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, 2023 has been a good year for us. Always increasing our numbers just a little bit. But if we can increase them more, that'd be fantastic. Because Saul really likes to talk about gaming. <laughs> yes, and we like to keep this going. I mean, we don't make any money off of it. It's just a hobby. But the more listeners we have, the better we It encourages we feel. them to talk yes. more. <laughs> yes, and uh, makes Jolene get up early in the morning on Sunday. So what are these these new games that are coming out? Okay, so uh, this one was a Kickstarter. It's called The Lost the Lost Isle, which I thought was interesting to doing to due to the setting. And the setting is 16th century Earth, the world. But there's these seers, these magicians on an island. Like I just thought of it could be like Atlantis. But anyway, th- these people exist on this island, and then they send what I would call people on, on missions, but they're troubleshooters, right? There's a, there's a problem somewhere. And the way that problems are... Uh, so you say the 16th century? Yes. That's the 1500s? Yes. Okay. Yes, a very interesting time, right? Uh, they're on this island, and everything's happening as it as it did in the real world timeline, right? Except for the magicians on the island. Except for the magicians on the island, and we don't know if this maybe was possibly true, right? So their missions are divined by going to the oracle or having like a séance or whatever they do. They go to a hut, a tent, a cave, uh, a temple on the island, and the mission is basically made by the players by drawing tarot cards. In fact, tarot cards is the core mechanic of the game. It handles the conflict resolution. It handles making uh, making the adventure. And everything is handled with tarot cards. I would just suggest not playing with someone who reads tarot cards. Because they might tell you things you don't want to know. <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> just saying. Just, it's funny because they say that they, they suggest a certain deck. Because I don't know if anybody knows anything about tarot cards. Tarot cards Is it the writer weight deck? No, okay. it was some other artist deck. So tarot cards, I forget how many number of cards. It's a little bit more than a basic 52-card uh, poker deck. And instead of just uh, spades, diamonds, uh, and other they they suits. do have suits, but yeah, but they're different. They, they, there's pentacles, cups, swords, nice. and other things. So the, uh, usually there's a lot of art on these cards because they're they're just really stylistically nice and well done, usually. And they've been used uh, to actually used as they still are. Yes, and they're used for divination. Now he has to be careful what he says so he doesn't offend <laughs> his family. <laughs> Not me, his no. his actual sisters. No, no, and so I think the, this game doesn't say anything about using it for real world divination, but it uses. But it says that people who use it in that capacity might be intrigued by this game, right? So what I thought was interesting is that the mechanic in the the rules say that there's three parts of a, of a, an adventure or whatever they want. To, I forget what they call it, and a mission. Uh, quest and uh, you go to a cave, uh, a temple, and you deal out these cards. And it, and in, in the dealing out of the cards, 
represents something like you go to, go to a table and it tells you, oh, you're gonna this mission requires swords, and that means it's it's either has to do with uh, wits or battle or or overcoming an obstacle. And then uh, another one, another card, you get a set of cards, and you deal out like three cards, and that gives you the adventure. It tells you where you where you gotta go, what kind of adventure, what what kind of mission it is and what you have to do like if it's a rescue it's a negotiation etc so i thought it was totally random yes but it has a lot of input from the players right and it's the a ta- it has tables yes it has tables for everything like you could you one it has tables for what the card represents and then it has a table for like if you use a regular card deck Mm-hmm. If you try to use a regular card deck, but they say it really doesn't work because I think the it's, tarot card has more cards in it, right? Uh, I believe. I don't remember the exact number. I know there's more than 52 cards in the tarot deck because it's a pretty. I've seen the no tarot decks and they're really Softly, thick. They're bigger too. Yeah, and they're the bigger size usually. So I really thought it was interesting. And the tarot deck kind of uh, gives you that uh, different ways it works, right? But for, for, for the most part, Everything's a challenge, right? So what happens is, depending on your ability of your character, you get so many cards to try to overcome the challenge. And let's say uh, you have an ability of two, and you always get one card. So you get three cards. You get three cards. And then your GM, they get cards depending on how complex the the situation is. A simple, uh, something that that you can defeat easily it's like one card two cards three cards four cards depending on how troubling or how hard the situation is to overcome so when is this game coming out or is do you know uh it was kickstarted this year and it says it'll be out the middle of 2024 so for those of us who aren't so familiar with kickstarter as you um once it's so have they made all of the money for it yeah, they collected the money, right? So, and they're, so then they're they just actively to, producing it right and now. And then once it gets put out, then it goes to gaming stores after that? Right. Well, it's usually they fulfill it, right? They fulfill the people who right. kickstarted it. And then they and then they send the shipments to, oh, they allow the sale of the product by, by retail. The only reason I'm asking, because if it's already been fulfilled on Kickstarter, then some of us who haven't fulfilled it wouldn't be able to get it unless it went somewhere else right right and that and that and but what happens on kickstarters now is they usually have a retailer version uh-huh like a retailer could literally pledge like let's say mel who owns legends a local gaming store here he could bid on it or a uh, pledge and he'll get like usually they give you like five copies at a substantial discount and you can have it at the same time as every other backer i see and of course they could sell it at any time they want so. of course Usually, even before, usually merchants get their items. So what is the next game? Oh, it's moving right along. So what did you think of that idea of using the Tarot deck, honey? I'm a little... um, (laughs) I I think it's fine. I might not play it, just because... Oh, so I I didn't finish telling you how it worked, right? So you get cards in your hand, and if it's... Depending on what, what the situation is, like, if you're fighting, it's with a sword then you need swords right so uh, there's four kinds of, uh, of of suits uh what happens if you have a sword you automatically win if uh, unless the, the gm has swords also and they play the swords card but then it then it matters who has the highest card and then bada bing bada boom you win 
Yeah. If they, you don't have the card, if you don't have the sword card or the suit that matches whatever situation is happening, then it's the person with the highest card no matter what. So they literally use cards instead of dice. Right. Which I've played in a game like that before, which was very interesting. But you had the same, you well, got the same cards in, this, in your hand. In this case, yeah. In this case, you're drawing cards and, and completing the, the challenge. Well, in the, in the other game that we and played. In the other game, you're kind of deck building. Yeah. Right. Well, you you had a certain, everybody, you had the same cards. Right. And, and it you, was the order you played them in that yes, mattered. Yes. Well, you would draw them too, right? So you, there's a chance you might not have the card that you really want. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. You're right. It, it, the idea of of not having dice kind of might throw a lot of people off, but it was a relatively successful Kickstarter. Yeah. And the art's really, really strange and, and a very, very light and airy line art. And and colors. I thought it was interesting. Well, then that particular deck I did not would, kickstart this one though. By the, way. That particular deck would have to be designated for that game and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the other one is also a Kickstarter. Uh, it's the Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Yes, this is I. Oh, man, I don't want to say the wrong name, but this guy also made Shadow the Demon Lord, which is this really. Uh, is like OSR game about dark fantasy. Uh, hello, Shadow of the Demon Lord. And it's very dark and very deadly, very gritty, that kind of game. Of course, it's OSR, so it's based on previous versions of D&D. And it's very popular, even though with its, uh, what do you call it, its content, it's uh, a very adult-type setting. And I think, I don't want to say his name, but the publisher or the creator or the author... I guess you'll have to look it up, or he's going to put it in the notes. Yes, I will put it. I will put it in the notes. I don't want to say the wrong name because I know it. I don't want to get the wrong name. And he believed that the content of his game was too dark. Was too dark, and therefore hurt his sales. So he decided to make a lighter game, eliminating the dark. It's not called dark. It's not called Shadow of the Demon Lord. It's called Shadow of the Weird Wizard. So he made it lighter. He made it less deadly and more welcomingly, more welcoming. Uh, well, welcoming. He made it so it would be more family, family friendly. Let's say. Is it like, still OSR? It's still OSR. Still based on the. It's almost all the same mechanics. Of course, he tweaked it because he learned a little bit from the previous editions and. It did rather well. It kickstarted. He, I forget how much he made, but it, it's a Shadow of the Demon Lord light. In sense, in light as in the genre, not the, the rules. I see. It's not really my kind of thing. I think you like higher fantasy. I like high fantasy yeah. better, but I can see the attraction. How, the attraction and I've heard ad nauseum <laughs> from my friends about they like that greedy kind of feel. Right, right. And that's fine. Is it low magic? I, no, well, the no. the shadow of the weird wizard can't be low magic. No, it's not necessarily low magic, but it's it's it is a uh, it's not as high fantasy as let's say D and D fifth edition yeah. because OSR you're trying to get back to the old ways of playing uh, of how A D and D so, so was. you can die easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a die easier. But uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord was very very. Uh, well, it's called Shadow of the Demon Lord. Hello. <laughs> it was very like you know. It was. It's going to be easy. a dark world. Yeah, yes, a dark that, world. So that's, that's cool. I, yeah. So that's that was kickstarted this year. It should be out. I'm not sure when. I didn't. I didn't kickstart this world either. Oh, there you go. The only thing about playing OSR games with kids is that you know, 
you try not to kill them, okay? That's all I got to say. Oh, you teach them a lesson by killing them and say, you know. That, uh, yeah, that's not a lesson they need to learn. I'm just saying. Hey, I learned that lesson at 11. <laughs> Still tragically scarred to this day. But uh, uh, it should be out next year. Made a, a lot of money on the Kickstarter, for a Kickstarter. And it, he already has quite a bit of a following. Uh, that's author. cool. Obviously, since it was... So that's an OSR game that's OSR next year. Uh, less less gritty and less uh, deadlier than... Than the first one. Shadow of the Demon Lord, yes. Uh, the next one I want to talk about, it's, it just came out, so it's not quite 2024. It's, it's almost 2023. Yeah, we're getting there. Is the Walking Dead RPG, another Kickstarter. I think this is... Uh, is this, this is the one with all the little little uh, figures, right? Yes, there's figures uh, involved in it and... Uh, and it's a it's a op 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 no what's it called ip sorry yeah yeah <laughs> whoa i had a sol moment <laughs> it's an ip game right based on the television series it's definitely based on the tv series more than the comic book or the graphic novels it is a year zero engine game so that popular you have What's a stat. The, you have a. You have your skill. Add those dice. It's roll, a dice pull. Yeah. Right. Roll those six side dice. If you get a six, you succeed. Uh, it has three modes of play or three campaign styles. There's the regular campaign style where you're you're living and trying to get ahead and stuff like that. And then there's survival mode where you're just trying to survive that that day. And there's, they even have a solo mode so you can play by yourself. Wow. Yeah, and it made a good amount of money. It is. It had a lot of uh, 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 like they. Of course, they came out with the 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 GM screen. They have dice for it. They have figures, SDL files for figures, so you can three uh, D print your characters from the movies if you wanted to. And they have, of course, they have stats for the characters in the movies and stuff, so you can actually play people. You who, mean TV shows, not movies? Right, the TV shows, right? Uh, yes, I uh, like. So we talked about the for some reason we talked about the year uh, the Walking Dead before. It was when we were doing miniatures. Miniatures, yeah. yes, it has a lot a, of miniatures. It's a miniature game. It even has a little bus. I saw a little bus. Yes, all of it's uh, all of those things are expensive, but yeah, you, you could probably if you, you like probably it, use then that you stuff can. for this game too. All that yeah accoutrements yeah uh, set you back a little bit of money. But anyway, well, you I wouldn't think, have to print them out well, that's or three D print them because uh, you could just buy them. That's true. Or you can have your friends 3D print them for you. <laughs> there you <laughs> Not go. Allowed to get a 3D printer. <laughs> but uh, I also did a Kickstart this one. I actually I put the money in, uh, and then I'm like, you know, I'm not ever going to play this game. I don't like. I don't want to run it. I don't want to play it. I mean, I, you know. So I didn't. I uh, removed my bid, as they say. No, as they say, as I did. That's exactly what I did. Uh, but they didn't need my money. They made. That's only because money. you don't really. It's not really a genre you would see. Any of us wanted to play that your friends correct to play exactly yeah and I didn't really like the show I mean I saw the first season I thought it was really well made but it's just a little bit too depressing for me <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> oh, okay so that that is by uh, uh, Free League they did that one the next one is Black Madonna campaign box set. Now this is a box set for a campaign set for Twilight 2000. 
Which is also freely grown. It's also freely grown. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the reason why this is a big deal is because uh, Black Madonna was a very popular campaign in the first edition of the rules. And that goes way back to 1990s. But before times. Yes, 1990s. And this box set has a lot of uh, a little bit of expand optional rules uh it's uh, has like every other box set that free league does for these their games like this it has uh tiles it has uh, maps uh what do you call them uh, uh large maps that you can fold out and use to put your figures on and stuff and uh play mats or whatever uh it has a uh, has a campaign uh and it's kind of like open like an op- uh, not, well, not open world, what do you call it? A sandbox kind of game where they just have different things happening in different areas. This takes place in southern Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the area you're you're adventuring in. Uh, a little bit outside or a little, little bit far away from the other campaign, which is uh, going home or the original campaign where, they're, where you're an American uh, unit usually and you're trying to get out of the war-torn area. Because if your home isn't the United States, then maybe you're a, a unit trying to get to your own home. Yes, true. But anyway, uh, it is a box set. It, was, uh, it wasn't even, even kick-started. It was a Kickstarter, uh, what do you call it, uh, Goal. goal, goal, right? Uh, uh, what do you call those things? A goal. Yeah, but uh, when it's extra, anyway. Yeah, it was a goal that they made, met, and surpassed, and so it was a free download for anybody who kickstarted it, and and they're making Which actual. Which means you have it. That right? means I do have it, right? And now they're actually going to make the box and sell it in retail section. So if you have Twilight Two Thousand and want to get into like an old old style campaign that was really popular in the nineteen nineties, uh, Black Madonna is is a pretty good one. And it has uh, there's a lot of stuff in this. And it's, there's going to be a lot of stuff in this box set. Like I said, they have maps, counters, all kinds of stuff. And that's coming out. In 2024. 2024, yes. Next is a, another D&D OSR game called Shadow Dark. The only reason I put this in is because it made a ton of money, right? And I thought it was very interesting that it made so much money because it is an OSR game. It, is, it was made, uh, the art is simple black and white line art, very stylistic, uh, very nice looking. Uh, but it is basically a D&D clone OSR. Uh, they, they, what they say is it's super streamlined. It's super easy to get into. And there was a lot of content in this game, like over three, 400 pages of, of books and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's, there's two books in the set. It, Like I said, it, it did really well. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What's the setting is Shadow Dark a, it's a place? Fantasy, fantasy RPG. Oh, is it a play? Is it a campaign setting? I, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, it does have a campaign setting. It is, uh, but it's also you know redone the rules so it's more gritty. And, <clears throat> but it's supposed to be re- re- real streamlined. I was just asking if there's a play. I mean, yes, yes. Shadow Dark is a campaign setting. It's set somewhere. Yes. Okay. So I think it was pretty cool. Uh, like I said, it is uh, l- lots of information in the books. Uh, simple rules is what they is what they uh, they tout. Streamlined rules. Simple rules too. Simple. They, they, they say simple rules in the Kickstarter, and uh, like low and very low. Uh, what is it? Uh, low powered game. Low hit points. Very easy to die. 
that kind of thing. <clears throat> Took off like a gangbusters. Everybody loves that kind of thing. Not everybody. The OSR people love that kind of well, thing. Well, I think I think it's a reaction to fifth edition, right? Being over the top, powerful characters that don't have to worry about dying, and that I don't know. They can still die if they it's very hard. they go up against a dragon. Hello. Well, maybe I don't know. Nobody's died in my game. Oh yeah, Pendragon sixth edition. That's a big deal. I know there's a Kickstarter, a Kickstarter, a starter set that's out, but it has a little bit of rules, has a little bit of counters, but uh, it doesn't have the, how to create your knight, doesn't have all that stuff, has pre-generated stuff. It's a really nice set, though. I've seen the set. It looks really nice. But the actual 6th edition is... is not out yet. It's, it wasn't Kickstarter or anything. They're going to publish it in 2024. A lot of people are really excited about this edition. Obviously... The author passed away, and he was supposed to be working on this, and he thought this was going to be his ultimate edition. You know, when you're getting to sixth edition, I don't know when is the ultimate edition going to get come, but I thought fifth edition it's was just, pretty well. It's just cha- changing the rules a little bit, right? Changing different things a little bit, adding stuff, taking stuff away. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think as you as you play and as you you hear people talking about your game, about what they like and don't like, you as an author might be inclined to tweak it and change a little things that for some reason people don't like or you notice that doesn't work well in your mind and i've seen a lot of people asking are you gonna get the new edition do you need it and that's a big question right because a lot of people have there's just five editions yeah there's actually more than that actually because there's a 5.2 yeah i was on the reddit this came up too and people were saying well i don't even like fifth the fifth edition rules i don't like 5.2 I'm like, and I'm thinking, <laughs> which is kind of funny, because I'm like, I have fourth edition, I have fifth edition, and I have 5.2. And other than just, a, I mean, some minor changes, there's no difference in the, in the well, game. Isn't one of the editions they took away magic? magic? Yes. Was that fourth, fourth edition? edition? Yes. Because I know that I was putting a game together to run for you guys, yes. and I'm like, there's magic in this book and there's no magic in this book. What is going on, Saul? And and then he explained it to me that they took it out. And then I had to read about it. And I was like, okay, that's very interesting. That was the author's decision because at one point, I don't know when 4th edition came out, but before 4th edition, people were like, well, there's not enough. We should, we should have ma-. That was what he said. That a lot of people were complaining. It wasn't magic. It wasn't this. And even though he... F- didn't like the idea that he acquiesced to the pressure of people wanting that stuff. So he made fourth edition and included all these rules. And I, I like fourth edition because it's a, has a lot of stuff, right? It's a really thick book has a, like almost a supplement on Saxons has a lot of, inf- you know, you, you can play other than just the Knights from, uh, from the area of, of Kimrick. You can play other than Kimrick Knights. You can play, Pagan Knights and all that other stuff, stuff that wasn't included in earlier editions. That's in 5th edition, though, too, being yeah, able some to play st- other knights. Some of the other- stuff he kept, yeah. right. But he really didn't like the idea of magic because he didn't think that it represented his vision of King Arthur's court, right? But even in 5th in edition, there is magic in the sense that you don't know. There's things happen and you yeah, don't but understand. It's not, but that. the characters don't have yeah. magic. Usually. Yeah. So 6th edition, a lot of people are like clamoring to see what is included and not and taken out and what has changed and what has not changed. I don't think there's a lot of vast changes to the characters. I looked at the character sheet and I think it's just mildly different. 
but I don't have the, I never bought the, the starter set, so I don't know if there's any rules. Rule changes. Rule changes that would affect the, the style that or the game that I know. Well, the consensus from the people that I was reading mm-hmm. that they were, when they were talking about it, most of them said they'll buy it. They may not use it, but they want to see what's in it. So they're going to, and they want it, right? Which that, that, sounds like every gamer I know. <laughs> I don't hardly ever buy a game thinking that I'm not going to play it. Well, but you want to see what the changes are. But that you don't necessarily buy it. You, yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, very few that I buy a game. Oh, I'm just gonna buy this because I don't. But think the I'm people that play Pendragon are, they they really get into it, right? Oh yeah, and so so they're gonna want to know what is. It's like any game that like, it's any game that you play. You're gonna want to know what the changes are. Right. I and think you may invest money to do that. <laughs> I think that is the curious gamer, right? Like if you if you play fifth edition and like it or five point two, which I like like both of them, I would play that game for the rest of my life, right? I wouldn't need a sixth edition. So But someone says, Look what's in sixth edition. But you never know, but you never know what changes they made that might make the game even better and right. that's that's the qualifier so if i were to buy six edition and I, I don't know if i will buy it or not i've definitely looked through it and look at what the rules say and stuff but if i were to buy it i would buy it with the intent of playing it not with the intent of not playing it. and you don't have to buy it like right when it comes out you can wait for five weeks and people will have that have bought it will tell you all the changes then you can decide right <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> yes that's that's definitely true people who definitely would like i know a couple a few people who are really into pendragon not just king arthur and most likely i think they would buy it but there's also there's always a chance that they won't buy it because they don't want to mess up the game that they're running already right Right, because they know the game that they're running. I mean, five point fifth edition has been out for I don't know when it was published, but it's been out for eight or nine years at least, possibly ten. So, except for the inclusion of five point two, which was actually more like a graphical change, they changed the graphics and they had a different author. I mean, a different artist do the cover and stuff, which I really like. It's a beautiful book. So, other than that, I think I I would buy it with the intent of playing it. And and some people say oh, I don't like the, the 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 way battle happens and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. So you shouldn't really oh, get that, into that battle they, unless you absolutely have to in that game. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's true. Or that they homebrew it a lot. I'm like, why would you homebrew? I don't understand. But obviously, the thing is, is that the author definitely has has a vision of what kind of game he wants to put, put run or I mean put out there. And it's going to be out in 2024. Yes, I put down Marvel multi multi-universe rpg i think it's already out it's already published uh it came out just it's multiverse multiverse right and at, at first a lot of people weren't sure about this game because they thought there's been a lot of superhero games a lot of them have been disappointing or it just doesn't feel doesn't hit that four color comic style of play that they see on in the comic books i mean i i had champions way back in the day and in no way was that a quick wham bam thank you man kind of a a combat it was like every punch took it was very slow moving game and when it got to combat and it was all about combat because a superhero game there's been others there's been uh, village villains and vigilantes Uh, that's an old game 
there was a fifth edition version of uh, of a superhero game. It was, that one, Mutants and Masterminds, that one was actually pretty popular. It's gone through like the three three editions. The third edition is out and it's been out for quite a while. It uses the fifth edition rules to handle uh, combat and all that. It was relatively popular. I played one game of it at a convention. It was fun. I thought it, it handled combat pretty well. It was pretty easy. It kind of mimicked that that four color comic stuff but this one supposedly from the people i've known that played it and people i've read about it they really like the way it handles the combat the way that the characters are made Uh, it really does the job of do you know what kind of system it is absolutely not okay I did. I just threw it out in there at the last minute because I thought it was really interesting. It's in a lot different from any other game that I'm talking about in the list, but it is available now. So I'm kind of cheating. So you can go out and buy it. At least look at it. It basically has all the rules for for playing a superhero, but they give you the stats, literally the stats for like a lot of Marvel superhero characters so you could play the marvel hero super character like iron man spider-man thor i mean there's there's quite a huge the hulk yes a lot of character almost every big major character you can think of is in there it also has it so you can make your own superhero which obviously is very important and it they say it's just a a lot of fun real easy to get into just check it out if uh, if you're like superheroes if you're in a comic book store you probably like superheroes i'm literally shocked that he doesn't know the system because he that's what he tells me every time he says a new game he tells me what the system is well is the funny thing is is that i've i've ever since champions uh, i've never bought another superhero uh game and that Isn't there was, a book called hero that's around here somewhere hero i think somebody gave me that book okay yes yes that's a superhero book. that's a and it that basically it's champions. Oh, okay. same thing. Yeah, hero, but champions kind of became hero in in my book because he uses kind of the same ideas. Hopefully, he didn't offend anybody by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, the the thing is, a lot of people don't play superhero games, uh, at and, least in conventions and, and stuff. And there's some people that do. Like, um, oh, when we go to DunderCon, there's a group that only plays champions. That's true. Uh, our friend's dad. Her, her dad. Her dad plays. Her name uh, is Elaine. Elaine. I couldn't remember yeah. her name. Sorry, Elaine. <laughs> yes, Elaine's dad. That's all he goes to because I guess and he used to live in the friends, Bay Area. They, that's what they play. And they play champions and every they actually year. come up to play champions every yes. year. And he actually runs it at, as a convention game. Yeah. Because that, that's how we met her because we were like, where's your dad? Oh, he's playing champions. I'm like, oh, when is he going to get out? Oh, in 10 hours? Because <laughs> that's how, how long one combat takes. <laughs> So obviously, horrible. so obviously people do play superhero games, but I don't think it's just a very large contingent or percentage of the They population. really like superheroes, so they want to play them, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just don't see a lot of superhero games up for Well, there's so many games. It's hard to, I mean, everybody has. Genre. I meant the genre. Yeah, the genre at conventions. You don't see them very often. I totally agree. Yeah. I think that wraps up my, hold on, I got another page to turn. Turning the page. Turn the page. I think that's it. Yeah, it's a blank on the next page. So yeah, so that's it. There's a lot of games coming out in 2024. This is just a brief smattering of what's available. A lot of these were uh, kickstarted. Uh, you could probably do late pledges and all that stuff if you want to get it. 
uh, before get it mailed to you and all this other stuff. Except for the Pendragon 6th Except for Pendragon, which is not kickstarted. being kickstarted. So go out there and play some games. Hopefully I'll give you some ideas of new games you might be able to buy in 2024 right, right. if you need to buy new games. All right. And don't forget to email us if you have any questions or any ideas for topics. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.